0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that talks exclusively about the Chelsea SC women's team. I'm your host Dean and on this week's show, in part one we review Chelsea's Conti Cup semi-final victory over West Ham United and our shock defeat at the hands of Brighton Hove Albion in WSL. In part two we round up the latest news from Kings Meadow and in part three we look ahead to our next fixtures against Arsenal and Bristol City. This is episode 12 of Went to Mo Kings Meadow entitled 33 and Out. Now before we get started, we need your help to spread the word about this podcast, so if you like what you hear, tag us in a tweet, share us on Instagram, or how about leaving a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, as that helps other supporters find the show. We really appreciate your support. And now joining me this week, as ever, is my wonderful co-host Jane. Jane, how are you this week?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are
0: you? I'm okay, apart from last week I said, if we never have to talk about a defeat, I'll be happy, and then we got beat. But straight away. Yeah. So I'm feeling a bit to blame. But um, more on that. You
1: jinxed it.
0: Yeah. I seem to jinx a lot of things with this football team. Canceled <laughs> fixtures. Defeats. Yeah.
1: Can- first tickets you brought, the game gets cancelled.
0: Yeah. It's all my fault. Everyone blame me. Or <laughs> the new short sponsor, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Also joining us this week, uh, delighted to welcome back to the show, Chelsea fan cast, Dane Whittle. Dane, how are you this week?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good, how are you? It's a pleasure to be back so soon after coming on last time. It's been a shame that we didn't have a couple of victories to talk about, but well, the, successful teams have to take these uh, balls.
0: Well, obviously, you were so good the first time round, though, they've got to give the people what they want, and they want to hear what yeah. Dane uh, It's not you who said it. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been from um, Dane's second account. Yeah. Anyway... Let's get into the match reviews then. Uh, Let's go back to late Wednesday afternoon last week when Chelsea hosted West Ham United in the semi-finals of the Continental Cup. Jane, talk us through the all-important information from that game.
1: Chelsea lined up in a 4-3-3 formation with Berger in goal, a back four of Mielder, Bright, Ericsson and Anderson, Leopold's Ingle and G in midfield and a front three of Kirby, England and Harder. Emma used five subs. Blundell, Cuthbert and Fleming all came on at the 62nd minute for Anderson, Leopold and G. And in the 77th minute, Emma put on Spence and Wrighton for Ericsson and Kirby. The unused subs were Telford, Carter and Kerr. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 56% possession, 15 shots, 11 on target, two corners, zero cards. Compared with West Ham's 44% possession, four shots, two on target, three corners and two yellow cards.
0: Let's get straight into the action then, a lot of it this, in this game. Uh, Chelsea very quickly asserted their dominance. It was G with a beautiful through ball to Peniela Harder, who delicately chipped the ball over the goalkeeper. Uh, a perfect start for the team and just what Emma would have wanted, wasn't it?
2: Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it can be quite daunting facing this Chelsea team. I mean, letting a goal in after just three minutes can really drop your shoulders, especially as... Yeah, as, if the manager would have have drilled into him, you know, how much pressure they can take from, uh, you know, they could suck up from Chelsea and you go for that traditional 20 minutes where you try not to concede a goal. So uh, to let them punish you so soon could have, you know, could have really affected them for the rest of the game. Well, clearly did affect them for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah. And that lead was obviously doubled on 14 minutes when Sophie Ingle scored yet another long range goal. Uh, Jane, it's true what they say. She only scores screamers or weldies, uh, depending on what word you want to use.
1: Yeah, it's very true. I think I think she scored. She scored two now this season. Obviously, the one at City was absolutely beautiful. This one was beautiful. Last season's one she scored against Arsenal. They've just. She never just scores a simple goal. It's always just like out of the bag, brilliant.
0: She wants to make sure she's on the highlights package. That's for sure. Um, in the 24th minute, it was 3-0. Another error from Arnold in the West Ham goal. Gifted Harder a second of the game. Dane, you can't afford to do that when you're playing the team with Chelsea's quality, can you?
2: No, because they will punish you. You know, there's so much quality in all areas of the game. It's so a shame because I've seen uh, Mackenzie McKenzie Arnold, isn't it? I've seen her a few times. She's Australian. She's a good goalkeeper. You know, makes some good saves. But, you know, it's no good making good saves if you then make errors. Uh, and, yeah, there was a couple of mistakes she made in this game, which was... Shame for her, but obviously good for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then, not long after the third, it was it was four. Millie Bright released Kirby down the right. Uh, her cross was met by Bethany England to finish the game with we just twenty six minutes gone. Jane, I want to talk about the Millie Bright pass because that was you know fantastic to have the vision and the ability to pick that out from defense is so impressive, isn't it?
1: Yeah, to see the way she saw things, obviously to pass it to Fran and then Fran to pass it to Beth. It's just the the way the three of them worked together to get that goal was just really good.
0: Yeah, and I suppose when you can bypass midfield that quickly, it's hard to defend against. You know, when you've got Kirby running at you rather than Kirby receiving the ball, back to you, changes the whole complexity of what you're dealing with. Um, The second half, Chelsea started in a much similar vein. Arnold made two good saves to deny first, Frank Kirby and then Bethany England. But West Ham really come back into this game with Grace Fisk having a good chance saved by Berger. They, I suppose, being 4-0 up at half-time, Sort of when you come out for the second half, you can take your foot off the gas a little bit.
2: Yeah, I suppose it all depends on the manager. You know, Emma's Hayes' fault. You know, a lot of games coming up, so you either keep ball and try and see the game out. You know, that very or way Marino used to do it for a men's team, or you just go for the kill and show no mercy. Uh, you know, the women are just so drilled and they're just so professional. I can see that they would have just wanted to, to carry on and just you know, sort of that confidence. You know, keeping that momentum going and. Sometimes when you when you do take your foot off the pedal, it can be quite dangerous.
0: Yeah. So one moment I want to talk about from West Ham, sort of attacking phase, was the 64th minute. Adriana Leon was racing for a goal, um, coming just to face Berger, and then out of sort of nowhere, Magda Ericsson stopped her in her tracks. Incredible slide tackle, Jane. That's what Magda's all about, isn't it? Yeah,
1: she's just there to be able to see. where she saw the ball coming, and then she just like appeared as soon as Adrian Leon sort of kicked the ball I was thinking like they're going to score here so for Magda to come out of nowhere and just be able to clear the ball it was brilliant
0: yeah just when you think you've got a chance to shoot there's Magda Eriksson and then five minutes after that Chelsea made West Ham pay Uh, Mielders cross spun against the crossbar bounced kindly for Kirby You ended a Conti Cup drought Dane that goal sort of ended West Ham's sort of fight back so to speak didn't it
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Once, once again, I think you know Paul McKenzie just lost the flight of the ball and got distracted when it hit crossbar. And you know, Kirby, to be fair, you know she adjusted her body really well. Fran and you know and finished it really well. So as a first goal in the, she said it was the first goal in the competition, was it? Or oh, I think it is, isn't it? The
0: first
1: goal
0: for a while, I think. It's first. This... It's her first
2: goal in the Connie Cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, she, I don't think it played on her mind much because she was having such a good season and all the other competitions but you
0: know it's a good way to go Yeah and from that moment it was all Chelsea again Harder hit the post going for a hat-trick although she was offside but she did make amends five minutes from time scoring into the bottom corner Uh, Jane Emma said that that was Harder's best game of her career so far for Chelsea Um, you'd have to agree with that wouldn't you?
1: Yeah I think Harder had a brilliant game last week obviously getting a hat-trick was even better but just the way she played all over. She was just brilliant.
0: Yeah, one of um, the standouts. Um, a guru right and free kick that smashed off the crossbar was the last sort of meaningful chance of the game uh, before the full-time whistle went, ending Chelsea six, West Ham nil. Uh, Day we're into another County Cup final and you no, know, an absolutely fantastic chance of silverware, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. It, you know, it's and it's, it's more than deserved. You know, but, you know, you can see that. But... <sighs> Although sometimes, you know, it looks tight at the top, especially in the league with, with the competitiveness of, you know, Man City and Man United now, I think Chelsea are better than them all and, and Emma's got them, you know, focused and drilled the right way and you, you wouldn't be surprised if they won everything that they're, they're still in. Uh, and, well, you know, it's highly expected that they're going to win this the, the, this, this this cup and uh, hopefully that will it's always that first cup you can get over the line early on in the season and hopefully that will take them on for the rest of the season especially in the league and hopefully in the Champions League if they're allowed to play it, I don't know what's going on
0: there yeah I think they're yet to decide but obviously success breeds success and they had yes, the Quantity yes. Cup last year the league last year you know, straight back into the Conti Cup again sort of bodes well for us going into the you know business end of the season Uh, Jane, talk us through the player of the match vote. This shouldn't have been a harder choice, should it?
1: So Chelsea Women Supporters Group had their player of the match poll on Twitter after the game. Hannah Blundell received 1% of the vote. Sophie Ingle received 3% of the vote. Millie Bright received 3% of the vote. And Penilla Harder was the runaway winner with 93% of the vote.
0: Yeah, even that was too close. Um, Jane, Hannah Blundell got on the vote, but she only came on at half-time as a substitute, I think, if I'm right there probably just made that up but she did come on as a substitute um she really yeah. impressed in her performance didn't she
1: yeah I think she played brilliantly obviously we didn't get to see a full game of her but since she came back from injury I think it was just before Christmas she came back I'm not actually entirely sure but she's been on like she's been on really good form and just seeing her getting that minutes and slowly getting back to fully fit is just brilliant
0: and another, you know, great backup option for for Emma when she needs to rotate and rest players. Um, that win means Chelsea take on Bristol City in the final on March the fourteenth at Vicarage Road. Um, hopefully, we're going to be involved in some sort of Zoom party slash watch along thing with the supporters group and the Chelsea FCW social. Uh, so just look out for that online. We'll share that when we know what's going to happen. Um, so let's move on. Might not want to, but we have to. Um, to Sunday's shock home defeat to Brighton. Jane, run us through the information from that game.
1: So, Chelsea lined up this one in a 4 4 2 formation with Telford in goal, a back four of Blundell, Ingall, Eriksson, and Anderson. Lewipold, Cuthbert, Fleming, and Wrighton made up the midfield and Kerr and England in attack. Emma Hayes used four substitutions, bringing on G, Kirby, and Harder for Fleming, Wrighton, and England in the 56th minute and Mielder for Blundell in the 67th minute. This left this left Musovic, Carter, and Spencers, the unused subs. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 77% possession, 30 shots, 7 on target, 6 fouls, no cards, 12 corners, and no offsides. Compared with Brighton's 23%, 3 shots, 2 on target, 4 fouls, 1 yellow card, 4 corners, and 1 offside.
0: Let's get straight into the action then. Another quick start from Chelsea with Sam Kerr rising highest to head home from an Aaron Cuthbert corner. Adam, then we spoke about the perfect start against West Ham and you felt like this was another perfect start against Brighton.
1: Yeah,
2: it was obviously different to four days earlier. You know, the snow, sleep, cold and wet conditions and maybe Brighton was still in the minds and, and bodies were still in the warm changing rooms. Uh, very quick start. It was not an easy header, uh, but she's very clinical in the air. Sam Kerr. Uh, you know, at, at the moment, if, if I'm choosing a chance for her, I'm, I'm choosing it in the air because she she's scored some really good headers. She's very deadly in the air.
0: Yeah, I think there's less um, less thinking time when she heads the ball. I think that's yes. Yeah, so there's a lot
2: of with headering, isn't there? Or, or, or I think it's sometimes when there's one on ones, you know, you really have you, you lose concentration because you think about it more, and the instinct doesn't actually come into it.
0: Yeah, now Brighton. Um, hit back sort of immediately a few minutes later, a corner for them until the far post wasn't dealt with. Now, Jane, in this situation, I want my goalkeeper to claim anything that's in the six-yard box. They've got to come and get it or punch it away. Um, But Telford was rooted to a line. Did you expect more from her in that situation or do you think they should have defended it better in the one-on-one situation?
1: I think it's like a bit of both. Obviously, you need that defending there. But then, like you said being able to claim anything inside like the six-yard box, you need like the goalkeeper to be on. So I wouldn't put all of it to Telford. I'd sort of be like maybe the defenders could have, did, could have done a bit more just to be able to help Telford out.
0: Yeah, I think that is that is fair. I do think the goalkeeper should be in that situation, dominating that six-yard box at least. Um, the equaliser allowed Brighton just to sit back into their shape really frustrate Chelsea for the rest of the first half. Dame, was you surprised with the midfield that ever picked? She picked the diamond midfield for this game. Um, it clearly wasn't working.
2: I see a hard, you know, because they equalised too quick and it allowed Brighton to fall back on their, their clear defensive game plan, which they, you know, they came not to lose or, or to concede as, as far as possible. The diamond formation, you know, is used quite a lot to expose these deep teams. And if it's executed perfectly, it can be really deadly. Uh, but although we we were cramped in their half, for a lot of that match, it just didn't work for us. Uh, you know, Emma a lot more than me, and you must have seen that something was working in training. And, you know, that diamond formation where I, I I would like to you know to maybe have got wide, uh, got wide more, and and pepper those crosses. But when they did put the crosses in, they just wasn't dangerous enough.
0: Yeah, Jane, I think it's easy though for us to sit here and criticise our own performance. But it's important to sort of give Brighton the credit for their defensive work, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think Brighton did really well with their defence-wise. Me and mum was talking after the game and mum said they pretty much had like 10 defenders on the pitch, just the way they was defending all the time. Whenever we was like attacking, pretty much all their players would be up there defending to make sure we didn't concede.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's, it's damage limitation normally when you come to King's Meadow and as Dane said, the equaliser so quick just allowed him to, to sit back in. Um, second half, Chelsea changed things up and after that triple substitution that you mentioned, Jane, um, it was basically lure poles in midfield and then everybody else was trying to attack. But Dane, I don't feel we ever looked like we were going to f- score.
2: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it as as a lack of urgency either. You know, I thought you know we was trying to move the ball quickly. But you know, we clearly put the pressure on because as you said earlier, we had thirty or you James said earlier we had thirty attempts on goal. You know, it clearly shows we were trying an effort to score. I just thought they you know they just lacked their usual sparkle. You know, heavy touches, overhit passes. You know, didn't attack the dangerous spaces. Brighton didn't come out a lot. And leave a lot of gaps behind but when they did we wasn't quick enough to to exploit those areas you know I don't know if it was I don't know if we we're talking about this earlier so I sort of script maybe too many changes tiredness you know naturally creeps in with the pressure sometimes it just becomes clear it's just not that day for you and uh the more you feel that it's not going your way the more I suppose your body just feels heavy and you know it gets you down and you can't perform
0: yeah, I think I tweeted during the game that we could play for the rest of the afternoon and we wouldn't score we just, you feel it in your bones that you're not going you know it's not your day and you're not gonna you're not gonna score no matter what a you clear matter sort of
2: chances even and as Jane James salmon she chatted with her with a mum but you know it was it was 10 behind the ball and you know they came with a game plan That's what they came with and we can't you know we can't exploit it or we can't you know get through it to win then you've got to commend them because they did very well
0: yeah I mean Personally, for me, when you're playing against a team like Brighton that are going to sit deep and defend, you need to do two things. One is move the ball across the pitch very quickly to keep the defence moving side to side. And secondly, you've got to create overlaps on the wings, and we never really did that. There was one chance where Harder hit the post, I think, that we did do that. And if you look at the stats, you know, no offsides all game. So that shows how deep Brighton were, and the fact that we never really got runners in behind them. Jane, do you think that was just because Brighton were so deep or that we didn't attempt to get the ball over the top at all?
1: I think I think it could be a bit of both. I think Brighton came with their game plan was to just defend as much as possible. But then I feel like we could have got a few more like attacking runs like you said when you tweeted that like we could play all afternoon and still not score. I do think it was a bit of that. I just didn't feel like I just didn't feel like any goals were going to come no matter how long we were going to play for.
0: Yeah, but another goal did come, just not for Chelsea. Um Brighton Again, from a corner, and Dane, we split the blame between Telford and the defence for the first goal. She's got to take all the responsibility for this one, surely.
2: Yeah, it was odds on. You know, I remember watching the game and thinking, well, you know, we're not playing well. So if we get a point, you know, at least we keep the, uh, you know, the run going. And uh, as soon as they got the other end to get corner and score, I just thought it was typical because, you know, but, as I said, we were cr- camped in their half in both halves of the game and uh, we didn't see much from them. And the two times we did, they, they scored, you know, she didn't really have a lot to do, Carly. Maybe the conditions didn't help her. And you could see as the ball came over her and Mild just looking up and just sort of like losing the flight and everything. And, you know, the Brighton corners put into a dangerous area and a bit of a curve, then just took it into the goal and you just knew then it wasn't, it wasn't going to be our day.
0: Yeah. We, we praised her last week, didn't we, Jane, for that um, save she made at the end of the game. She last played, just, just a bad day for her. Um, we did have two good penalty appeals, though, that weren't given for handball. Um, but you can't really blame the ref, can you, Jane? You know, just we didn't play well enough to win the game at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, you can't just put all the blame on the ref. I think I noticed another another time, I think there was three I saw that I was like, it should be handball. So, obviously, you can blame the ref because... Most likely, we would have scored them penalties, so we would have got them goals. But then you can't be like, oh, we lost because of the ref. It's just a bit of both. It's how well you come out on the day and play.
0: Yeah. And Dane, as you mentioned, sort of tiredness and, you know, rotation, um, people claiming too much rotation. But that 11, the players that we listed that started the game, still good enough to beat Brighton, aren't they? And do you think it's the sort of more the tactical setup that's to blame for the performance or the players?
2: Well, oh, t- t- I think I think Emma made five changes, but I won't really include uh Sam in that Sam curve because she is a regular. So when you're looking at more four changes, four players are coming who haven't been playing a lot recently. And it's it's just one of those days, you know, Brighton were very disciplined, you know, strict display. They came with a clear game plan. You know, everyone would have to be on board and give whatever order. They couldn't have any passengers, Brighton, otherwise Chelsea would have uh, exploited their weaknesses. You know, a lot of the time, all the 10 outfield players, like we already said, were behind the ball. You know, it's not easy to break down a very defensive unit. You know, their defending was amazing. You know, as Gene said a little while ago, you've got to give them credit. You know, block shot, tackles, headers away, you know. If they came with that game plan, not that they expected to win, but they set up not to lose or concede then you have to be commended whether we agree with it or not, or like the tactics or not, you know, they don't have the riches of Chelsea. They need to play to their strengths and they, they did and they defended brilliantly.
0: Yeah. I did say in the preview that Brighton have been Chelsea's kryptonite um, recent years. And that was it after that full-time 2-1, 33 games, more than 730 days, Chelsea have lost the league game. Um, Jane, talk us through the league table after that defeat.
1: So, Chelsea are still top with 32 points. Then United is also uh, second with 32 points. Manchester City are in third with 30 points, although City and Chelsea do have a game in hand over United. Then come Arsenal, Everton, Reading, Tottenham, Brighton, Birmingham, Aston Villa, and in last place, Bristol City.
0: So, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, we lost the game, but so did Manchester United. So, you know, maybe a get our of jail free card there. That's a
2: surprise,
0: and, wasn't it? United losing. Yeah, sort of Before everyone was sort of celebrating the Reading result before full time for us, and then we failed to capitalise. But you know, we've not been punished for it. We still have got the title in our hands, so you know, let's remain positive on that front. Uh, that's all for part one. Join us after this short break, when we'll be back with all the news from Kings Meadow. Only place for Chelsea fans. Real fans, real opinions. Welcome back to part two of Went Kings Meadow. Now it's time for a news roundup. Jane, what's been happening this week?
1: So the January Player and Manager of the Month announcements have been made. And as usual, Emma Hayes has been nominated for Manager of the Month. Frank Herbie and Melanie lewis have been nominated for Player of the Month. Chelsea have announced that N plus one singer will be the new shirt short sponsor for the team. 442 released the top 20 women's footballers in the world. Peniel Harder was number one, Bethany England at number 10, Guru writing at 14, and Giso Young at 18. Uh, congratulations to Yona Magda and Zakira for be- being called up to the Sweden's- Sweden squad for the next international break. Beth. Millie and Fran were called up to the England squad and Erin has been called up for the Scotland squad. Um, Silvan Florence Flores has left Chelsea to join In, so good luck to her. And Chelsea announced, well, they haven't officially announced, but earlier today, Sophie Ingle has signed a contract till 2023. They posted it and then took it down because it's not meant to go up for a few days. So we're looking forward to seeing the actual post in a few days.
0: Yeah, nice admin error from Chelsea there to um, put out the information that she had signed. And then the internet's too quick these days. You can't make the <laughs> mistakes anymore. Uh, Dave, your thoughts on Sophie? We spoke about her last week making 100 appearances for the club and a new contract now as well. Um, you know, a fantastic member of the squad, isn't she?
2: Yeah, yeah. She sort of took over that, you know, that dominating defensive midfield once, Katie Chapman. Uh, sort of left. I've always liked Sophie, you know, she can obviously, as we see, clearly fill in at centre-back, uh, defensive midfield, she's got a bit of a bite in her tackle, she can spray the ball around and we all know, also know, she's got a beautiful long shot on her, as as uh, we've seen in recent weeks and as Arsenal saw, uh, was it early on this season or was it last season when she cracked one in at Arsenal's ground?
0: Yeah, um, I love Sophie, she can... Versatile, she can play in defence, play in midfield. She scores great goals. Um, Delighted that we can keep her for another couple of years at least. Um, Now, I know this isn't news, um, but we don't want to come across as stirring things up. Um, But there was a massive overreaction to this defeat online, wasn't there, Jane?
1: Yeah, I think where we'd gone so long without losing, people just was obviously quite upset. And there was a lot
0: of overreaction, yeah. I mean, you haven't lost for two years. You know, maybe just take one defeat gracefully. You know, we didn't play well. You know, we've spoken about the shortcomings of the team, but you know, we just move on. Luckily, there's a game tomorrow as we're recording this Tuesday. You know, so you can hopefully forget about the defeat and, and celebrate a win. Dame, we're used to overreactions online following the men's team. Um, it comes obviously after two years to lose a game. It's a bit of a shock to the system. Do people have a right to be upset, or do you think that expectations have just been raised so high?
2: I think it's, it's it's how you react, you know. But obviously, people can overreact really badly. You know, we've all got Twitter, and we've all seen some of the ridiculous, uh, you know, comments or, or tweets we've seen. You know, I think you do have a right to be upset. You know, it shows that you care and have passion for the team. You know, expectations are high because the team is so good. It's part and parcel of all professional sports. You know, I've no doubt, you know, Emma Hayes is the best manager in the world, you know. Uh, should have sucked out of their systems already. Focused back on the end goal, you know. Records are there to be broken. Let's start a new one.
0: Yeah, Jane, we spoke about sort of Emma when we celebrated breaking the record. And one of the things she said in her quote was she's learned more from the defeats than she has from the wins. You know, that's obviously going to put us in good stead going forward. You know, it's easy to see why people can get so caught up in we've lost, this, the end of the world. But really, we should be maybe positive that it's a maybe a, a wake-up call for the team, maybe. then They need to keep going to that top level every week.
1: I think you do learn from losses. You can see where you've gone wrong. And obviously, Emma would have seen where she'd gone wrong on Sunday. And then the next few days, she's been able to work on it to know what to do better, for tomorrow's game to come out of the win
2: yeah sorry Dean it could also be a blessing in disguise you know it's not as if you know it's going to affect us that much as you said we're still top of the league we're still in you know the other cups and it could this defeat could have come at the right time to put us on track not get complacent and and, you know finish the season on a massive high
0: yeah absolutely and I think you know it's fair to criticise you know I think Carly made two mistakes you can criticise us for that it's you know the tactics I didn't think worked, but it's really not the end of the world. Defeats are normal. This team has been superhuman. You know, it's about maintaining your grace and humility, I suppose. And, you know, when you're online, you know, you're talking to another human, even though it's behind the computer screen, maybe they've not got a profile picture, but they're still a person. So, you know, maybe lay off the abuse and, you know, criticize all you like, suggest other ways to do things, but, you know, just be nice to people, really. It's a bit of a mm. crap time for everybody. What people are going through, and one defeat in two years is definitely not the end of the world. The team need us obviously more than ever now, starting against Arsenal, and you know that's all we're going to say on the matter. I think the it's been put to bed online, Jane, and that's all we're going to say, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's it. Just gotta be nice and just move on from the loss now.
0: Yeah. So let's move on ourselves. Uh, a loan report, and we do have a goal to report on. Uh, Jamie Lee Napier reacted quickest to a penalty save to tap home. She played the full 90 minutes in the one-all draw with Everton for Birmingham. Uh, fellow loney Emily Murphy played for 76 minutes before being replaced. Hopefully she'll be scoring goals very soon as well. Uh, that's all for part two. But before we go, we have got a few parish notices. Um First thing I want to mention is the Emma Hayes special podcast that we're going to record during the international break on the 23rd of February. This is open to anyone and everyone. If you want to be involved in the episode, then just let us know by email or DM us on Twitter or Instagram. You know, we're just going to celebrate Emma Hayes, what she's done for the club, what she's achieved and hopefully what she's going to achieve as well. Is she coming on that night as well? I keep calling her. She's not answering me. (laughs) I don't know what I've done to upset her. (laughs) God damn it. She's definitely not going to allow to (laughs) to criticise her midfield. We'll see. Um, Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us by searching Went to Mo Kings Meadow. We publish three or four videos a week based on this podcast. If you want to see our faces as well as our voices, YouTube is the place to go. Apologies again in advance. Um, Don't forget to join our Discord channel. Discord is the perfect place for match day discussions to be involved in the Chelsea FC women's community. Just download the Discord app, search for Wentz Kings Meadow, hit join. Um, We look forward to seeing you in there and talking about the games as they're happening. A reminder as well, if you follow both the men's and the women's team to check out the main Chelsea Fancast show. They also have a Patreon account, which you can find at www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. If you can and would like to help support both our shows financially, you can do so there. There are no obligations to. We do love you either way, as Chid always says. And obviously, we want as many people talking about this team as possible. So check out and listen to London is Blue, who featured the women's team in special episodes, the team at 195, and the only other podcast that talks exclusively about Chelsea FC women that we know about, France Fight Club. And they've just launched a new feature as well. So when you listen to their latest episode, give them some feedback as well. Anyone you think should be added to that list, let me know. We'll put them in, help spread the word. And don't forget to check out the Chelsea Women's Supporters Group on Facebook and Twitter. The more supporters involved, the better for everyone, as long as you're nice and kind. That's all for part two. Join us after the break for part three when we look ahead to the games against Arsenal and Bristol City.
2: Real fans, real opinions.
0: For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts, download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to the third and final part of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, episode 12. Time now to look ahead to our next fixtures. We'll start with a big one on Wednesday evening against Arsenal. Jane, give us the form guide ahead of this one.
1: So, Arsenal are currently sitting in fourth place in the WSL. They've played 12-1-7, drawn two and lost three, earning 23 points. Their last five results run as following, follows, starting with the most recent first. They lost 2-1 to Manchester City, drew 1-1 versus Reading, a 4-0 win versus Everton, another 2-1 defeat to Manchester City and a 3-1. Three 0 win versus
0: Birmingham. Now, Dame, for me, when I first sort of noticed women's football sort of start being on the telly a bit, it was dominated by Arsenal. I think we spoke about this when you was on the first time. Mm-hmm. They've taken a bit of a step back recent years. Sort of Chelsea and Manchester City overtaking them in the women's game, but they're still a tough team to face, aren't they? Yeah, sorry. Firstly,
2: I've just realized that you've told me this is recorded for YouTube. So I'll apologize for my eyes. I've had four heavy nights, including four o'clock up in the morning watching the Super Bowl. So I am looking a little bit tired. But yeah, yeah, going back to Arsenal. Yeah, they dominated for years, especially, you know, those late 90s and is it the naughties we we call it. You know, it must have been very frustrating for fans of the other women's teams. I think they had a five or six year a break of not winning the league, and then they they won it again in 2018 2019, picking up a few trophies in between. Uh, yeah, I'm not a great fan of them, you know, that, c- that comes down to the success they had, you know, all dominating teams, you know, makes it boring for everyone else and 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 ends up disliking them, you know. Oh, but they, you know, they were amazingly successful, uh, in their time, and as you write, that's all we remember. It's like Going on to the mention of a dislike for those main United teams who dominated them and then Liverpool in the eighties, and it stays with you. And Arsenal dominating, a stayed with me. So I've got a bit of a dislike
0: for them. Yeah, me too, um, Jane. Arsenal sort of find themselves nine points behind Chelsea this year, sort of well out of the title race, you would think. But now we've had that defeat to Brighton. You know they might be smelling blood. This is a huge game, isn't it?
1: I think any game now, we've just got to go out there and get the points. Obviously, the loss to Brighton on Sunday, obviously we dropped points. It did help us that United also dropped points as well. So now all games in this league is going to be huge, no matter who we're playing.
0: Yeah, I suppose, like Dan, you mentioned when Arsenal won the league, they sort of beat every other team in the league, excluding sort of the Chelsea and Manchester City. That's how they sort of made that basis. So, so now we've had that defeat. You, you really, you know, as James said, we can't afford any more slip-ups, can we? No, no, uh, we, we can't. And I don't
2: expect us to. I'd be very surprised if if, if we do. You know, as, uh, you know, we can only praise Emma Hayes and her professionalism so much, but it's because it's what we've seen with our own eyes and should be drilling it into them. You know, no more slip-ups. You know, if you want this, it is yours, but you've still got to work hard and and take it.
0: Yeah, so let's take a look at how Arsenal are going to set up. They do like to play in a 4 3 3. The wide players do tuck in to support the central striker. Their fullbacks push really high to try and create space inside for them. Arsenal like to press high at the pitch, try and force errors. The defense stretches across the pitch to allow those fullbacks to press forward. They play with sort of two number sixes and number ten in that midfield to help prevent turnovers and protect the two central defenders. So this will be about how quickly we can turn over possession and catch Arsenal out of shape. Jane, sort of because of this, would you expect sort of more of a Sam Kerr to start up front just for the pace?
1: Um I think we will see Sam Kerr start up front, just like like you said for the pace. And just to be able to get you've got that player that can get the goals.
0: Yeah, Dane, Arsenal, are a team with you know lots of talented players, you know, Caitlin Ford, Jill Ward, Beth Mead, Kim Little, etc. etc. Sort of which are the players that stand out for you from that team?
2: Uh, yeah, as I said, I'm not a great fan of theirs, but I do appreciate good footballers. And uh, Jordan Nobbs, she's still there, isn't she? I heard of her recently. Jordan Nobbs is still there, isn't she? Yeah. Yes, I, I, re- I think I, she's injured though. I, oh, that's a shame because I, you know, I'm a really, really and she is a, you know, I appreciate good footballers and she is a, a really really good footballer. I've always appreciated her. I didn't appreciate her that time. I think she got a couple of goals against us in that freak. Was it 5-0 or 5-1 when they defeated us at home, which was a, the most uh, over-exaggerated 5-1 ever because it was a never 5-1 or 5-0 game, but she did play well. And she always seems to be quite busy against us, but I'm quite happy she's uh, injured, as you say, Jane. But I do, yeah, she's probably yeah, the one got, that which stands out for me.
1: They've got quite a few. I was reading during the week that they've got... A lot of their players picked up injuries in training. Oh. That's, that's and I'm a, sure... I'm Sean sure Jordan, Nobs, Kim Little. Um, can't actually remember the rest, but they've got about five or six players out Is, injured.
2: Well, so, how do you pronounce the forwards' names? It Medema.
1: Yeah, Viv- I, I pronounce it Vivian Miedemar.
2: Miedemar. I, I do like her. She's one of those strikers that you you don't notice, nor central gang, get a goal. She looks like a little, a bit of a lazy sort of striker, but wow, well, she gets in. She gets in really good positions and has scored a ton of goals in recent years. And You know, if you take the Arsenal, you know, the dislike of them off and you just appreciate somebody who put the ball in the back of the net, then, yeah, she's a very dangerous player.
0: Yeah, and she obviously lost her record goal-scoring position at the weekend when Ellen White scored against Arsenal for Manchester City. So, Jane, potentially, you know, she's going to be want to get back on top of that leaderboard, isn't she?
1: Yeah, I think she's going to try on... um, uh, tomorrow, sorry, to try and get some goals just so she can get obviously Ellen White's overtaken her in the all-time leading goal scorer. and at the end of the day that's like a big achievement for anyone to get So anyone's going to want to get goals to get above Ellen White at the moment
0: yes let's look at Chelsea then enough of Arsenal um Dane would you suggest matching formations like 4 3 or sticking with the 4 that we sort of know and try and insert ourselves on Arsenal yeah, I'd stick with a four, two, three, one. It's
2: been very successful this season. Uh we've been we've been quite dominant over Arsenal in recent years, I think, as well, apart from those that that freak result at home. And you know, with the interchanging forwards, I, I'd stay with
0: stick with a four, two, three, one. Yeah, Jane, we, we did mention Sam Kerr, but you know, you see how Arsenal, you know, struggled to cope with Ellen White. There's a case for her to play, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I think Sam, I'm hoping Sam will start. Obviously, she was rested on Sunday, so that made me think maybe Emma didn't play her so she could start and have a full game on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, let me pick a team then, and then I'll let you two pick it apart. I went four-three-three. I think match up at Arsenal. Um, Berger in goal, Mielder, Bright, Ericsson, Anderson in defence. Liverpool's holding the midfield, Cuthbert and G ahead of her. With Kirby Harder and Kerr as an attacking free that can just rotate positions, um, Jane, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I'd keep it. I'd keep it the same. Actually, I wouldn't. I think that's a strong, strong enough lineup. You've got Cuthbert in there with G, and then you've got that attacking free of Kirby Harder and Kerr, who can all rotate and just play well together.
0: Yeah, Daniel. Obviously, you said you would go for two, three, one. Would you just push Coughput into that attacking role? Yeah. So your formation
2: drops uh, Sophie Ingle, does it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. Liverpool plays as a of midfield. Yeah, I'd, they they are busy Arsenal, and they do have a bit of physicality about them. So I could see, you know, why the four two three one with Sophie and Poles together to try and dominate their midfield. Uh, but I, I would like the, the four, three, three as well. I'd like I like it when you know if they can get the harder Kirby and but then that maybe leave Beth out. Oh, oh. I'd, I'd 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 like to four, two, three, one. I think it's been successful and I'd like I like uh, you know Ingle. I like in the big game she does you know you know, like to stamp her authority down and her and loopholes. So I, w- I would prefer to dominate Arsenal's midfield. But I'd like also like Sam Kerr to start. I think. Uh, what I've seen in recent games against Arsenal, I think they're very scared of Sam Kerr. It it's irre- irrelevant that she's she's missed a few chances. You know, she's getting in these positions and we've seen her before, you know, arguably one of the best players in the world when we signed her and, and you know, she can easily finish those chances.
0: Yeah. One of the great things actually about this Chelsea team and Emma Hayes is, you know, they line up four, two, three, one or four through three, and then twenty minutes they'll change it to three five two. Four three three or three, two, four, 3 3 or 4 You know, they're flexible in positions that they can play. I suppose that makes it difficult for, for teams to match us up and, and know what we're doing. Let's get some predictions then. I think one all. but I'm going to say 2-1 Chelsea because we can't not win. So, 2-1 um, for me. Jane, how about you?
1: I'm going to go 3-1. Three, 3-1. One.
0: Three, one. Dame?
1: I've got confidence in us.
2: I'm going, uh, similar to Jane, two clear goals So, like the Man City result that I got right by saying two clear goals, (laughs) I'm going to say a 2-0 or a 3-1. No, you can't say that. (laughs) You have to say one of the predictions. Uh, Actually, I'm going to bounce back. Who who used the old expression, bounce-back ability, and I'm going to say 3-0 then.
0: Perfect. Fingers crossed for that one. Uh, Let's move on then to Valentine's Day, Sunday the 14th of February hope you've cancelled your plans because we've got a date with Bristol City. <laughs> um, Jane, run us through the current form ahead of that one.
1: So, Bristol City currently sit bottom of the WSL. They've played 13-1-1, drawn three and lost nine, picking up a total of six points. Their last five games, runners follow with the most recent first, a 1-1 draw with West Ham, 3-0 win versus Brighton, 4-0 loss versus Everton. loss versus Manchester United and a 4-0 loss versus West Ham.
0: Yeah, now the three of us actually discussed this game on the podcast that he was on last day um, before it got cancelled because of the snow. Um, Looking a bit of a repeat of that at the moment. Um, Let's not sort of go over everything we spoke about then, but sort of Bristol under Matt Beard, Jane, have started to find some form, haven't they?
1: I think they've done really well I think Matt Beard's been at three matches I think I know he's not been at many but the games he has been at obviously he was at their County Cup semi-final win and obviously he, they're off to the final um I think they are doing they got the draw against West Ham and they won 3-0 against Brighton and I think they are doing well with him obviously Tanya Oxford I can't pronounce that surname. Sorry, um, she's done well with them, but I think Matt, Matt, I think Matt Beard was a good decision for, like, for who to be taken over.
0: Yeah, obviously, coach with um, you know, fantastic sort of knowledge of the women's game and, and history in the women's game, and you know, um, the three games he's not lost a game yet. Hopefully, that starts on Sunday. Um, Dame, there's a lot of obviously talent on the pitch, but the one for Bristol city is Ebony Salmon. She's been fantastic recently. Hasn't she? Who Ebony. Yeah. uh,
2: I feel she could be the next footballer to join one of the bigger teams, you know, uh, the ones fighting for the league. You know, I'm surprised she didn't get much of a look in at Manchester United. You know, she's got good movement. She can probably play anywhere up. up, If you're playing of like four, three, three, she could probably play anywhere up the top three, which would be good for future Chelsea player. if, If, you know, if Emma wanted her, you know, dangerous, dangerous player. I know she's also, you know, I was sort of re- researching her recently and she's highly regarded in the England levels, which I believe she's captained a few actually. She's definitely captained for an under 19s tournament or, or squad recently. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's, she's one to look out for. But uh, it's again, it could be a difficult game for Chelsea. But uh, hopefully, this, the, the Brighton defeat is a blessing in disguise. And, you know, Emma just tells the players, well, look, look what happened here, you know, don't get complacent teach you a lesson and, and you know really be on it
0: yeah I think that will be needed because you know, there is a very obvious golfing class um, between these two teams and despite Bristol's sort of resurgence under Matt Beard and you know, looking to stay up hopefully it shouldn't be too difficult for Chelsea to um, to showcase their their talents uh, Jane a poor performance from Telford against Brighton could this potentially open the door for Muzovic to make a debut in goal?
1: I'm not too sure. I think maybe she might have the opportunity. Who knows? But like when she signed, Emma said like she'd give her like six months, six months to like just settle in with the team and probably not get any game time. But you never know. Emma might be like like just let her go and go and see how she does, or she might play it safe and just go with Berger.
0: Yeah, well, she did have her on the bench, so that's the first time she's been on the bench. Maybe she is impressing in training and she is ready and if Telford makes mistakes like that, then I think Emma's the sort of coach that will say, well, you've got a chance now to prove that you're ready to to challenge Berger. Um, Dane, this is the last Chelsea game for a little while due to the international break. Um, Would you rotate the team lots or just stick the strongest available 11 that you've got?
2: Well, again, going back to, to the Brighton defeat, uh, if we had, if we had had won that one, then maybe, but no, 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 you know, go, go, go full blood against them. Go be your best 11. What Emma believes is that best 11, best formation. I'm not interested in resting any players. Uh, you know, I expect a good couple of, I'm hoping a good couple of wins before the international break.
0: You're going to make lots of changes to the team that I'm about to tell you then. <laughs> I would change lots of players because they played lots of games. And so i put my team out there. Then you can change every player in the team. Dane. Um obviously, because we're playing Bristol. I give Muzovic a starting goal. Uh, Blundell, Ingle, Carter and Charles in defence. Fleming and Spence in midfield uh, with Cuff, and Wrighton behind Bethany England up front. How many changes, Dane? 10-11?
2: Wow, that was a lot of changes. Are you sending half the team on the international break about a week early, are you?
0: Well, they're going to put in a great performance on Wednesday. They're going to win 5-0 against Arsenal, even though I predicted 2-1. So I'm going to give them the week off. (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah, I'd, yeah, I would have, uh, did you, did you, so you're resting Kirby, Harder, and uh, Kerr, Harder, and Kirby, Kirby Harder, all rested, on the bench. I'd, I, well, oh, yeah, but due to injuries, you, you might not be able to bring them all three on, because then you're limiting yourself otherwise, so I'd, I'd have, okay, I'd, I'd mix it up a little bit, and I'd have I'd have harder in there uh, bouncing around round Beth and have Kirby and Sam on the bench. Uh who did you have at centre backs? Carter and uh Sophie Ingall.
0: Mm. There's uh, an of have... my team for Wednesday, so I'll
2: give her the mm. nod. And uh, maybe I maybe I'd have the, the one of the regular centre backs there, whether it'd be uh Millie or, or, or the captain uh and then put Carter in there. Jane, what would you
0: do to the team?
1: Um, I'd put Berger in goal and then I'd probably play Hannah, Millie, Magda and Childs. Um, I'd put England and either Kerr or Harder up front and then keep the rest the same.
0: Fair enough. Uh, let us know what you would do in the comments below. Um and for the Arsenal team as well. Let us know what you would um you would do. Um predictions I mean Bristol City are really bad, even though they've been quite good. So I think you shouldn't forget that. And given the fact that we lost as well, was not gonna let this team rest up one bit for the especially the next two games at least. I'm gonna go with six 0 Jane
1: um i think 6-0 was what i predicted last time just because of previous results we've had against bristol so i'm going to go i'm going to go one up and go 7-0 this time
0: seven positive positive vibes dane how about you just one prediction please i think i went 7-0 <laughs> last time actually uh, yeah
2: I, I, a lot different team from brighton you know i imagine you know, the Bristol forward ebony in Brighton, that would have been a great game plan just to have sat deep against us and hit us on the break with ebony. But uh, I don't think Bristol will have that, will we'll be able to do that against us. Uh, I think it will be uh, fairly comfortable as well. I'm going, uh, yeah, I'll go six. I think I said six or seven last time. So I'll go, I think I'll, I'll stick us, I'll go with you on six.
0: Yeah, hopefully a perfect Valentine's present from, from the team to us supporters. Um, ahead of the break. Um, if not, they're not getting any flowers. Simple as that. <laughs> um, no emails this week. Remember, if you've got anything you want to say about the team, the show, or the latest game, you can do so by emailing us at at gmail.com uh, Get them in sort of by Tuesday, lunchtime-ish. Um, we'll read them out on the show, no matter what they say or the opinion on them. Uh so that's all we've got time for this week. We'll be back next week to talk about those games against Arsenal and Bristol City. Plus, we'll have a little Q&A as there's no fixtures coming up. Uh, Jay, the pleasure to talk to you again about this team, despite the defeat. Obviously, it's still great to talk about Chelsea, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's been good. And hopefully next week, we'll have two wins to talk about.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Dane, a pleasure again. Thank you for giving up your time to talk about the team with us.
2: Oh no! it's an absolute pleasure to come in and talk to you and Jane. You know, I watch lots of sports. So it's it's an honor that someone would ask me to come on and come and talk about one of the teams I watch. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a lovely podcast. As I said before, it's a really good podcast. Wish you all the success in the world. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, people download, listen, give you lots of feedback and put the word around because you both deserve it. You put a lot of hard work into this. So good luck to you.
0: You don't have to be so nice. We will invite you back anyway. (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) Just making sure.
1: You're allowed to come back. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dane. Uh, Remember, follow us on Twitter at Mo Kings Meadow, me at D Mears, Jane at Jane Chapel X, and Dane at D Wits nine. You can also find us on Instagram at went to Mo Kings Meadow. And obviously don't forget, you can email the show, get your points heard at went to Mo Kings Meadow at gmail.com. Um, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, be kind, Chelsea fans, and remember from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying high.